So we're really excited to have Siddiq here. Uh, it's also the first time that we have a someone, physical guest, a physical right? Guest. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, someone who is from another podcast uh, kind of platform. So uh, welcome, and maybe you can share a bit more about yourself. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, actually, it's so interesting because it's also one of my first few times uh, recording physically. Uh, I'm Kevin Lim, and uh, my Muslim friends call me Siddiq. So I'm 23 this year and I'm a student in Singapore Management University. Mm-hmm. I took my Shahada in 2018 when um, I was about 20, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's been about three years since I was a Muslim. And um, I, on the sideline, I have a project called Convert Central where we share convert stories and some content that uh, converts would uh, appreciate their coming journeys. Mm. So thank you so much for the invite. No worries. Yeah, think, likewise, man. Yeah, I think you have achieved or you've done so much at such a young age. I think that was one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on board and really kind of like understand your journey or like hear more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Hazra has a lot of questions about your revert journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now? We're we starting start now? Uh, okay, cool. Shoot. Okay. So, oh, wow. <laughs> you are 23. Yeah. Okay, guys, if you are listening to this podcast and you're wondering how he looks like, go on to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Yo, Share, like, and subscribe. <laughs> okay, basically, you're 23. Yeah. And I've never heard of anyone who is 23 or younger do a shahada or, like, convert or revert. You even at 20, which is really young. Yes, 20. 21. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, what made you do take that step, basically? Mm. I actually got introduced to Islam um, when I was about 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through a JC friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would share some backstory at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I grew up as a very normal Chinese kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, like my, my entire childhood focus was on the playground and, mm-hmm. and we, we didn't do much. Uh, growing up, my family was, uh, they were practicing Taoism. Mm-hmm. So they also, you know, brought me together with their practices. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really see it as religion. I didn't really know what religion was then. As compared to most Muslims when they're growing up, they, okay, they know this is Islam. Mm. But when my family were, they were practicing like uh, burning the just papers mm-hmm. and all, I was just following as if it was a family thing. Mm-hmm. So um, religion as a as a concept didn't really speak out to me when I was young. Mm-hmm. So that carried all the way until uh, through primary school. But funny thing was that I've, I've never interacted with a Malay or Indian kid. Okay. Only until I was like one. Okay. Mm. Because? Because I was in an all Chinese primary school. Yes. Hong Wen school. <laughs> Makes sense. Right. So What school is that? What school is that? Hong Wen school. Okay. It's all the way in Bunkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I first spoke to like a, a, a Malay or an Indian in my in a school setting, mm-hmm. I was quite scared because like the other experiences I had with them was at the at the playground. Mm. And like Oh, know, those kids. <laughs> I see. I get it. I get it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they were still my soccer ball and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, typical, uh, but <laughs> yeah, when I was actually in Taiwan, I was actually quite afraid of them, mm-hmm. and mm. I I, di- I didn't uh, see eye to eye with, with mm-hmm. Muslims then, which, which was quite funny. I was in Tomasi Secondary School, so mm-hmm. a lot of uh, students there they were Muslim mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. so I didn't know much about Islam. The only thing I knew was that 
there was this one month every every year that the recess queues would be so much shorter. <laughs> oh, like, ah, I see hours. Ramadan you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> then every Friday we end at 12.45. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. That's true. So Say that thank like, you now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so perks, perks yeah, are yeah. Uh, uh, majority Muslim school, right? Yeah. So even then, like all the way from sec 1 to sec 4, I didn't really see religious, I think. The only other time I had interaction with religion was in sec three. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know if you guys have the same experiences. Yeah, of slightly different generations. But like in sec three, all the cool kids were Christians, and they would go to church and they would sing through songs. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, I know, I know. You know, you guys yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's a young kind of youth band. Right, yeah, right, right. Right. And they, and they were always the popular kids. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So one thing to be like. Popular. Is it this an east sider versus west sider kind oh. of thing? Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> most of my life was on the east side, so I'm, I'm not really sure. Mm. I went to a JC in the west side at Bukit Timah. So that's that. But my, my entire east life was, was, was located at Upper East Coast Road. Mm. Um, so I, I joined them at church, wanting to be cool. Mm. Uh, so, okay, now it ring a bell. Okay, okay, I get it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, on Sundays, I would go to the church and I would sing two songs with them. And then like one particular Sunday, I think it was my third or fourth time with them. Um, Everyone stopped and, and the, the, the guy on stage was like, okay, who wants to, everyone close their eyes, who wants to like be a Christian now? Like who feels the spirit entering you? I, I was not there for the feels. I was there like to be popular. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, no, I, don't, I don't feel anything. Okay, we anymore. see your priority. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't feel anything. I don't want any commitment. I just, just <laughs> Right, right. Okay. So, so very casual. I was yeah. So um, I, I stopped going to the church from then because I, I didn't feel mm. like I was you know at the right place at the mm. point of time. So, Does it feel like you're taking advantage? Um, not really. I didn't understand it. So I, I just felt a bit weird like being there. Mm. Um, maybe because of my intentions then. Mm-hmm. So uh, because of that, I just stopped it going. Mm. I didn't explore that realm you know, anymore. Mm. So religion was always like a back of my mind thing. You know, I was I was a free thinker. My mom's side, they are very open. Mm-hmm. On my dad's side, they are Taoist. Mm. So my mom didn't really enforce a religion on me. So I, I just grew up a very normal, secular Chinese team. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, NJC, National Junior mm. College, all the way to Kitima. So that was when, like, okay, you know, 17, 18, uh, it was, I was at a phase in my life where I was just waiting for, like, me to hit 18 so I can go to, like, all the clubs at Club Key, <laughs> queuing up and everything, mm. right? <laughs> right, and uh, that was actually, like, when I found out uh, about Islam. Like, mm. through, I was at leadership leadership camp at the end of my JC one, and then I met this Muslim uh, girl that was, I thought she was Indian at first, but mm. she, she, she turned out to be Malay. So, um, I... I was actually interested in her. Mm-hmm. Back then, she was one year younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, when I started to know her, I realized that, okay, if I wanted to, you know, like, go into a long-term relationship with her, I had to become a Muslim first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you want to get married. Get yeah, married. that's true. So, it was so tough because um, the rules that I had to learn regarding Islam, she was mm-hmm. a, she was a, alhamdulillah, she's such, such a good Muslim. So, she <laughs> would like say, okay, we, we, we can't go out uh, unless we have three people. And like there's no physical touch mm. and like before this certain timing she has to be home and all. Uh-huh. So as as a 18-year-old kid waiting to mm. go to Kaki, you're like, wait, what? That's not so like, <laughs> I started going out beyond 10 o'clock after sec one, you know, like my mom, I just had to tell my mom I was going out yeah. to ask. And then now like I'm going back to like all the way out of primary school and I have to ask your mom if I can bring you out and all. So like the first first few months was pretty tough. I became a Muslim 20 years old, so I took about one and a half years to uh, learn about Islam. Mm-hmm. But what the change was uh, really came when I first visited the mosque. Mm-hmm. It was for Alawi, all the way at Stevens and Martin. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I thought it would be like the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought yep. I was going there to sing some songs yep. and then something uh... on stage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be a Muslim now? <laughs> right, so I was like, oh man, like, like just a repeat, right? Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was going there because she wanted me to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay. Um, I was also quite apprehensive. So they, they, they linked me up with my brother at the, at the mosque and uh-huh. then he was bringing me around. Uh-huh. I was so shocked, like, even though I obviously look out of place at the mosque, mm. like, no one asked me, like, oh, why are you doing here? Mm. Oh, uh, mm. Why are you here? And you were just asking, okay, have you eaten? You know, have you, have you, do you have enough to eat or drink? You know, mm. kind of famous bandung at Balawi and all, <laughs> right? So I was, wow, you know, I felt so at home. Mm. And then no one asked me whether, like, whether I wanted to be a Muslim or not. They were just making sure that I was at home first before saying anything else. So that was when I really opened my heart to Islam, knowing that, okay, this is not a religion that um, people would say on the internet. Or mm. I, 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 my closest friends in secondary school turned out to be Muslims. Mm. Like eventually, I, I, I grew up and then I realized that, okay, Muslims and Malays are cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, my, my best friends were Muslims from secondary school. So I got to see like Islam from that perspective, knowing that mm. these are great people with, with a lot of success in their lives and, and they have such good morals and characters. Mm. So, I from from that experience at the mosque, mm-hmm. um, it opened my heart to Islam. At the mosque, I recall I was looking at the wall and there was these like Arabic words on the mm-hmm. wall. And I was mm-hmm. asking the Imam, um, what what does this mean? And he, he told me that this is actually a verse in the Quran that says there's no compulsion in religion. Uh, I think in the chapter of the Quran. So that was when it hit me because I didn't know like of a concept that 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 says there's no compulsion in religion because. Everything about religion I knew was that I had to follow my family when I was burning the justice. Mm. And when I went to the church with my friends, I wanted to be popular. Mm. It was never because like of myself. Mm. So that that clicked. The moment clicked when I realized that okay, religion was didn't mean much to me because I always thought that it was for other people. Like the benefit of religion always came in a social setting, yeah. not a spiritual one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, wait, that it seems like this religion has gotten their things right, you know. Mm. And that was when I decided, okay, let's take a long and hard look at Islam. Yeah, so that was when I got first exposed to Islam. Um, one of my biggest challenges coming to Islam was that growing up as a very circular kid, I took like biochemistry in secondary school. Oh, I totally understand right. that. I was from physics right, instead of right, biology. Right. Yeah, I totally get it. So I guess all of us have that. Oh, okay, speak closer. Okay. So, <laughs> so I guess all of us have that moment in our lives where we like, question religion, is it really logical or not? Yep. Does it make sense? Mm. So for me, it was a big thing because I grew up very based on like hypotheses and mm. contract experiment mm. and then after that, you come up with a conclusion. Yep. But then, um, it always seems like religion is on the other spectrum. Mm. Talking about God and faith and all. Mm. So I was thinking, okay, if I were to become someone of faith, then would I have to disregard everything mm. that I learned and grew up with? Mm. And then, if, that's, if that, that was the case, I wouldn't have became a Muslim. But then, uh, when I was learning more about Islam, I got introduced to Darul Akam, um, mm-hmm. Muslim Commerce Association of Singapore. Um, they have a library on the third floor of the building. Mm-hmm. So I always went there to uh, learn whether the Quran was something that was man-made or was it not man-made. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it felt like if the Quran, I could prove that it was man-made, then uh, <laughs> to me, the entire religion wouldn't make sense because so much of Islam is based on the Quran yep. itself. Yes. But funny enough, the more I learned about the Quran, the more I realized that okay, it can't be written by like one man himself. Mm. And as I learned more about Islam, I realized that Islam also encourages Muslims to seek knowledge and, and to mm-hmm. see the signs of, of yep. know, faith and 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 you know uh in, in, in this world itself. So I I was that was when I took a rational conclusion. Okay, I think Islam is something that is logical and it makes sense for it to be uh, a natural step if you want to take a religion. 
So uh, that, I felt like that was when I was, um, you know, uh, logically ready to become a Muslim. That was way back in 2017, late 2017. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the hard part is to tell your parents and your family about it. Yeah. So I was thinking, okay, wait, uh, I just procrastinate as a, as a 19 year old. Let's just procrastinate, you know, and I was like, okay, I have to find the right time. And you know, Chinese people, we, we like to find auspicious dates. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I was like, okay, I need to find a good date. <laughs> and I procrastinated all the way till I was at Arkham's website. I was always looking at the resources and, and the features and all. Then one day I, I saw this conversion resource, like mm-hmm. it's to book a conversion appointment. And I was, I was just thinking maybe like the dates and the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking next, next, next. And the, and the second next I clicked, I realized that it wasn't next because it went to like, we have booked a conversion appointment. <laughs> oh, so, oh, it was yeah, accidental. Yeah. Oh my God. Right? I was, like, oh, damn, I was <laughs> gonna kill me. Next week, right? And um, I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign. Mm-hmm. So I should just go with it and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So my mom, is a Malaysian. Okay. So she grew up in Malaysia. She, mm, she knows okay. what Islam is and she's not, uh, she knows that Islam is, is, a, is a good thing. And yeah. she was just more um, worried that I would make a rest decision. Mm. So, uh, of course, as a mom, your, your son has a Muslim girlfriend, kind of know what's coming, right? Mm. So, <laughs> she was like, okay, you know what, I, I, I'm not saying no, but I don't want you to make a bad decision. Right. So, could you put it off like for half a year and if you still want it, then, then we can go for it. Okay. So, I was like, okay, um, but I kind of booked it next week. <laughs> so she was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but, uh, she, and, and she said, okay, uh, I will help you communicate this to the family. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm still going to kill you after the conversion. <laughs> so so she, she did give me a, 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 a she built me after that uh, to not do something as, like that ever again. But she did help me through the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I recall the very first few times I ever talked about Islam to my family was and this is not a good example. Yeah. I bring it up as a bad example for, for <laughs> I was telling them that I wanted to become a Muslim through a WhatsApp group. So my family has a WhatsApp group. Yeah. Ah, I, I see. Okay. Oh. okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to tell everybody that I'm going to become a Muslim. Yeah. Like through an announcement on the WhatsApp group. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I typed a long message about rationale and everything and I sent it to the group. And it backfired so badly because oh I like, do you have your permission? You're just 18, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, wait. Uh, I should never ever... Uh, talk about it ever again. So my mom helped me with that aspect. Um, mm-hmm. the the second time I asked if I wanted to try to convert. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was that, and then um, seven Jan on the twenty uh, on twenty eighteen I became a Muslim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it actually really helped that your mom is a free thinker so yeah, she helped yeah. you through the whole entire Islam mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. wow you mentioned earlier just now that you know um, your story is not that interesting I would say like, yeah it is eh? yeah it is very interesting <laughs> yeah because yeah. I, 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 we interview a lot of converts on Convert Central right? uh, yeah so, uh, they always have very very interesting stories like oh they had to strive so much because their family wasn't supportive mm-hmm. or they, they had so much issues coming from their previous religion mm-hmm. but I was just a free thinker a JC kid yeah. quite, quite uh, privileged you know to be in JC and then going mm-hmm. to university and then I, I came into uh, Islam mm-hmm. so I, I would always like see like these like inspirational figures and I would think okay they are mm-hmm. so inspiring and my story is just like But you see, if you think about it in a different light, that, you know, your life is quite average as Mm -hmm. per how a lot of people are, um, and then you share your story, perhaps that's the way that they could also, you know, revert as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we mentioned about the stereotypes that you had as a Chinese um, guy, and then about the Malays and the Muslims as well, and then how you actually 
pursuit to go to the mosque and that changed your mind, then right. I think, you know, a lot of people would be able to relate to that, actually. Right, right. That's, that's, that's a big reason why we do Comment Central. Mm. Because when I was discovering Islam and I worked for many comments as well, we felt like it was a weird thing. Like, we are going out of the norm to find something that the media has criticised and all. Mm. It felt so weird, but the reason why we wanted to showcase common stories is to show that everywhere around us, there are people who yep. do the same. And we can normalise it so that when people are searching out, searching out Islam, mm-hmm. it feels to them that as if it's normal. It's just, a, it's just the next phase of their life where they are mm-hmm. contemplating in a you know, larger yep. place. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. I think that says a lot about your podcast because my next question is what made you start Convert Central Podcast? <laughs> and I think I would think that uh, I, it would be difficult to kind of reach out to that many people but you guys are already into your third season and, and you know how, how are you uh, searching for them? Are they, are they mostly you know uh, converts at Darul Akam? Or, and yeah how, how, why the reason behind really why you started it? Um, I think it's, it was, it's, it's a lot of reasons why um, we started Convert Central. But I think the biggest reason last year why we started was because of Circuit Breaker. Mm. So um, I think I, I mentioned to you guys just now before we started the podcast that it started as a side project. Mm. So like when our course ended, it was supposed to end, you know, just as a five podcasting we're trying out. Mm. But then when we started our you know, program in January last year, mm-hmm. and it, it was supposed to end about March or April. And But then in April, Circuit Breaker came phase one. Mm-hmm. And that was also Ramadan, if you guys remember that yep. same period. So um, normally in Ramadan, converts would spend Ramadan with their friends. Mm. Like we have no family members who are Muslim. Mm. So Iftar with friends, Sakur with friends, yeah, Sakura yeah. with friends. But because of Circuit Breaker, most of us are at home. Mm. So we lose a lot of that kind of support. Mm. For if, let's say if you're more Muslim, if you don't have friends outside, you can just go home. Mm-hmm. And you know, Iftar will be there. Yeah, yeah. Tarawe, you guys can pray with your parents and all. So um, that's something that converts struggle a lot with. Mm. Uh, because we are, we are now isolated and alone. Yeah. And uh, Arkham at that time was also adjusting to the circuit breaker yeah. uh, you know, uh, requirements and all. And they, they didn't have a lot of programs out yet. Mm-hmm. So we realized that actually if if there was a time to be capitalizing on a podcast platform mm-hmm. to talk about our commerce stories, it will be then. Because mm-hmm. um, if at least we can provide them a virtual setting where their stories will be heard and be related to. Mm-hmm. So that was when actually we realized, okay, we want to help. Uh, the community of converts by coming out the podcast always in our mind we would envision that convert that took his or her shahada in, in early March mm. and then came April Ramadan came and circuit breaker came and now they're at home their yep. parents might not know whether they are converts or not mm. they have to struggle with Ramadan so that was a big reason a contextual one why we started uh, Convert Central but um, behind all that was also because I as a convert I took my shahada in 2018 um, so it's been years since then so I, I told you guys how I came to Islam, but after that, uh, of course, the, the, the girl that brought me to Islam, she, she played a huge part in my faith. Mm-hmm. But um, in, at, I think, end 2018, we separated. Mm-hmm. So that was in a phase of my life where it was very, um, uh, what's that called? It was very rocky. Limbo. Yeah, I was, I was in limbo. It was, it, was, it was such a, you know, uh, rapidly changing phase of my life mm-hmm. because I, I was a pilot trainee in the Air Force. Yep. So being a Muslim in the Air Force as a pilot trainee mm-hmm. is really there and, and there, there's so many stereotypes associated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many things that have to grapple with. And I was in Australia then mm-hmm. uh, for, for 10 months. So we separated when I was in Australia. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't praying five times a day. I was I didn't know about Islam. I, the only Arabic I knew was just Al Fatiha so that I could pray. Mm-hmm. So um when we separated, I didn't have a Quran with me even. So that was when I 
realized that I needed a lot of support. I came back to Singapore and I actually had a lot of support from people at Darul Akam and they linked me up with other converts. And that really helped me to not just heal from the breakup, but also to realize that, okay, I want to be a Muslim that stays in Islam because of the religion. Mm-hmm. And because of the kind of support that we have had, I, I've enjoyed like at that phase of my life, I realized that so many converts can benefit from the same support that mm. we can provide them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why Commerce Central was started as well. Mm. That's yeah. really amazing. Oh my God. Mm. Fun fact, <laughs> we also did the podcast because of the Circuit Breaker. Yeah, circuit yeah circuit actually, breaker. yeah, that's right. 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 I, th- I think Circuit Breaker accelerated like the... A lot of new things actually. Right? Yes, right. yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Suddenly become podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Add it to your LinkedIn bio. <laughs> yeah. For us, it was just something that we... For a long time, we said we wanted to do, we wanted to do, mm. and we wanted to do it before everyone else was doing it, and then we did it at a time when everyone else was doing it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm, mm, mm. Also, I think we wanted to be like perfect. That's true. We, we are. We want it. Yeah, we want it to be. I want to do it right. Like yeah, I want to do it right. Yeah. But like, you just have to start. You know. That's true. So if you're a, you want to be a podcaster, just do now. It's so much more important to get your content out uh, instead of um, you know making sure that everything is perfect. We also wanted yeah. everything to be perfect mm-hmm. when we first started. So we like okay, to buy a condenser mic, yeah. get the filters and all. But yeah. slowly we transitioned to Zoom uh, mm-hmm. recording because we realized also that um, to Zoom is like eighty percent there. To get like hundred percent, we have to have a big setup. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we realized that okay, we, the important thing is that we get the content out. It's yes. audible, you know. There's not too much background disturbances, mm-hmm. and we can start the yeah. entire podcast channel. Yeah. So, I think oh. a lot of the con- sorry, oh, <laughs> my bad. No, I, I think a lot of content creators, especially um, when you want to come up with a content, you know, for instance, you want to be a YouTuber, you want to be an influencer. All they want to think about is perfectionistic. And you were right, actually, when you took uh, when you're saying about um, put your content out there first. If it gets the traction then you um, work on like improving a little bit a little bit and a little bit right yeah mm-hmm. I think if there is a, like a 1% growth rule kind of thing mm-hmm. where after each episode mm-hmm. after each recording that you do think about what you can improve on for the next one and slowly it will be compounded I think you know haha <laughs> the compound effect yes yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. I think like um, ever since our second season right because second season had um, guests um, so I feel like no matter how bad your audio is right What's important, the most important thing is the stories. Mm. You know, like I think for you, you guys' uh, podcast, I think your your best asset is like the stories itself, which we cannot yep. hear anywhere else mm. other than like people from Darul Alkam mm. or like if you happen to stumble across people from Instagram, etc. Yeah, actually funny story is that the fact that, you know, Convert Central, I didn't know it was based in Singapore or that you were the one who created it actually. <laughs> so now that you... Now that I know that it's actually based in Singapore and, you know, it's closer to home, then I realise that, oh my God, we have a lot of potential yeah, <laughs> as a yeah. small country. Right, yeah. Right, right. Actually, um, we also started with the vision that Islam is the fastest growing religion in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So that just means purely by statistics, you're more likely to see a convert like in the future, much more likely you'll be either working with a convert, your, your children are going to be married to convert. Mm-hmm. So this like issue of what converts are facing in the community it's not going to go away anytime soon yeah. so that's why we realised that okay, there's not a lot of people focusing on it and mm. the existing 
um, you know, Islamic content online right. also caters more to born Muslims because they talk about concepts that are slightly more advanced. Mm. Yeah. So we wanted to bring this content up there, you know, so that at least we're not doing it perfect. So because we don't see ourselves as like an educational podcast, mm. it's more like a casual listen podcast. Yeah. Mm. Right. So we just wanted to bring it up there and see, yeah. see where you know where we go from there. Mm, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But definitely when we started season one, we didn't know that it was gonna be a season three. It was just a pilot test, lah. Yeah, huh? right, right. yeah. Good. Uh, so you mentioned very briefly about Ramadan and you know how converts, uh, some of them, you know, their Ramadan is different for, yeah. for a lot of us. And I think uh, after hearing that, I think uh, I feel very privileged and very lucky that, you know, going home, like there every year there's something to expect. Uh, every Ramadan is the same. Uh, I mean, how was your first Ramadan? Was it when, after you con- after you reverted or was it before that even? Um, my first Ramadan that I experienced, I, I wasn't fasting, but I was uh, mm-hmm. with my, um, the one who brought me to Islam family. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't fasting, but I saw how they fasted mm-hmm. and then I, I went on with uh, with them for Hari Raya. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of saw what um, Ramadan was and, and how, how they fasted. Funny thing was that I, I didn't want to fast. I was like, okay, I'm going to enter Muslim. I'm gonna pray. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say my shahada, but I'm not gonna fast. You know. Why? Gonna it's gonna eat. It's very overwhelming actually for one person to do everything at one shot. I know, but like, why just one? Oh, but it's it's, it's very it's something we call selective Islam. So okay, okay. like, there is a term for it. Who is we when you say we? Yeah, we call it darul uh, akam. Okay, so darul akam people don't fast. But they say they term this um you know observation of how converts would take parts of Islam okay. and reject other parts as selective Islam. Mm, okay. Because some parts of religion, inevitably when we learn about religion itself, they will sit right where we believe, you know. But other parts where why do I have to pay the like why do I have to fast? Right. You know, they don't yeah. really sit in where we would normally uh you know interact with in terms of how we see our work. Oh, okay. So that, that was me because in, in, in JC I was like I was a bodybuilder I was like okay I need to hit weight targets you know? okay. right. and then I was like okay fasting is not, just not gonna mm. work for me mm. it's not gonna work out my plans so I was like okay I'm not gonna fast and also as a as a as, as an NS kid I was saving up I was like I'm not gonna pay Zaka 2.5% on my Zaka mm-hmm. so um, that was all the way even like one year into Islam I was also feeling that way I was also grappling with fasting right so my first actual Ramadan was actually I think in either in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. It was in twenty eighteen. I, I recall I was I was in the Air Force and I started fasting for the first time. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, I, I think the biggest challenge is not the fast itself, but finding people that will relate to the fact that you fasted. Yeah. Mm. So so like you know it's tough enough as it is to fast one full day but if you go back home and you just have dinner right a normal dinner with family it just feels like nothing has happened for the day mm. you feel like an accomplishment right, exactly, yeah right. so people at Darul Akam they invited me over to their, their, their staff room to break fast with them oh. yeah, right? and I really appreciated that because they were saying okay you know how was your day they were asking you know mm. uh, was it tough for you you know you did well you know mm. I felt like you know I was I was really really in a community of Muslims that were helping me there and there but I also recognize that I'm just one of the few that are lucky enough mm, to yep. know people at Darul And most of the converts in Singapore, mm-hmm. uh, I think the biggest uh, population of converts in Singapore, they are Filipinos. Mm-hmm. So they are mostly domestic helpers mm-hmm. that have one day off their week and they won't want to stand in Darul They want to spend in Orchard Road and, and yeah. other places. So we don't really catch them physically in the cohort yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. 
This is the first time I'm listening that most of the converts are Filipinos. Yep. What? I didn't know that. It's a, we have multinational clubs in Darwaka. So the, the the Filipino club, they call it the Mambuhai club. Filipino club? Yeah, always like armies of people. Is it? Yeah. yeah. They are converts. <laughs> they are converts. What? Oh my gosh, okay. I really love the fact that everything starts off with a community and, you know, sometimes um, we all think that, you know, you can do it everything alone and everything and, you know, you have tough, you have the grit and everything. But then I realised through your stories as well as the other people's stories that, you know, community is something like the backbone of society mm-hmm. and each one of us have something part to play. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't do it. I get emotional. <laughs> but it looks like Lero Akam really kind of it's like really it's helps you, yeah. You and yeah. Like really, it's a support system that I think is, is it helps every convert at least in Singapore, um, physically. So I mean, uh, Ramana itself, you know, fasting and things. But uh, how was uh, adapting to your new diet like for mm-hmm. your family? Like mm-hmm. your mom, did she mm-hmm. have to kind of cook? Uh, understand the terms right, right, and right, like, have different right. pots and pans. Right. So my mom and my grandma, I was lucky because they came from Malaysia, mm-hmm. so they would have quite a good knowledge on what we eat and what we don't. Yeah. So my grandma does most of the cooking at home, and at first it was slightly tough because I didn't know what to tell her, or what not to tell yeah. her. Yeah. But uh, over time, I realized that I, like what you say, like one percent after every day, mm. then that compounds, right? So what happened was that. Uh, I, I just kept going to Ikea to buy like one fork or one spoon. <laughs> oh my god. So like, one by one. Yeah, one by one I bought it home and then like, I created my own halal corner. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so cute. Oh, oh my god. Like, okay, do not touch. It's like in an office. Right, right. So halal. eventually I was like, I have enough to say, okay, uh, when we are cooking halal, right, um, which is the halal chicken, I had to ask her, okay, just uh, go to the Muslim butcher that, yeah. that sells halal chicken, which was, that was actually tougher than getting the uh, utensils home because oh. like the, the chicken cell is a friend. So I, oh no, yeah. she's really on her friend. <laughs> right, so I, was, I, I have to tell her like, okay, don't buy from your friends. Oh no. Buy from the halal okay. So, like, okay. so okay, she, now, now we, we worked it out. We, we <laughs> so she, she buys the, the most of the meat from the, the, the non-halal one and then why why eat, she buys from the halal Okay, side. okay, okay. So whatever halal she cooks will be on my pots and pans. But that was like after three months of like continuously bringing things home. Yeah. Mm. Trying to set up a system that yeah. will work. Yeah. Yeah, everything slowly starts from yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But it's so cute. Oh my god. Yeah. And I really like the fact that your grandmother is very accommodating as well. Right, right, yeah, right. but I think one of the important things is that you don't just like overwhelm somebody with everything. I need this, 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 this. slowly build it up. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. About that, like, has there ever been a time where like you find it difficult to explain to your mom something Islamic? Like your mom would be like, why 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 cannot do this? Why cannot do that? Has there ever been a time? Right, yes. Um actually most of the time, um is when we first start out in Islam that we feel like, okay, uh, we are so enthusiastic about religion. We want to talk about religion and we just learn all these things that we want to share, right? So naturally, like, my mom being supportive, she will be the one that I talk to in, at home about religion. So, and of course, like, the family is always tough because of the way you interact and it's always a test for us, right? So, mm-hmm. my mom has always been very casual about religion. Like, um, as compared to where I was when, when I became Muslim, it became, like, the center of my life. So, for her, it, it, it was, like, um, as most free thinkers do you, you, she had it she had it if she doesn't have it she doesn't have yeah. it so she's experimented with like Christianity and mm. so, uh, at times like Buddhism and Taoism as well so like to tell her to about Islam is something that is always like pretty tough for me to uh-huh. contextualize so I've tried you know sometimes it leads to like unhappiness in the family but over time as we learn more about Islam I realized that okay, you know, I probably can show it more through my actions than mm-hmm. what I share with her. Mm-hmm. So I eventually ended up with 
let's just try to be as good as a son to mm-hmm. her as I can. And hopefully if she sees the benefit uh, in my life from Islam, then mm-hmm. she can take a long hard look at things some that's yeah, true. It's really true. It's yeah. like one of those instances where actions really speak louder than yeah. words. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, that's true. And I saw recently, not recently, but you you went to Umrah. Um, yes. 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 How was that experience <laughs> for you? Um, there was actually my OID trip. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. That's so interesting. Okay. Because I, I was a pilot trainee, so yeah. I took a longer track than most to complete my NS. Yep. So I completed in about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So while most of my NS friends they were going on OID trips, I was in camp. Okay. And when I had my OID trip, there was no one to go with because okay. they all kind of started school already. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, should I go to Hong Kong? Should I go to China? Mm-hmm. And I think these places that people would normally go. And then was also when I was healing from my breakup. Mm. So I, I needed something that was really uh, spiritually healing. Right. So I decided, you know, I have this budget. Why not I top up a little bit and go for pricing? Mm-hmm. So um, I went to Azar Travels at Golden Lemma mm-hmm. and they didn't have an English guided tour, mm-hmm. but the staff was so nice that they allowed me to. I think that it was really Allah that really blessed me for all these mm-hmm. people in my life. Uh, he was so nice. The program was so nice because he offered to for me to stay with him uh-huh. so that my cost could go down from like a double to a triple room. Uh-huh. And coincidentally, the third person that was staying with us was the Ustas that was on the trip. Uh-huh. Oh. So I was sharing a room with both, both of them. Yep. And they would translate for me whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, one big thing about going for Umrah is always people say that it's an, it's an invitation for mm-hmm. Umrah, yep. right? And you don't get to go where you want to go. Yeah. So I was thinking, okay, so like, was I invited? Like, no. I'm honored. I don't know whether I was invited yet before I paid for the trip. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I went for Umrah on the 16th of April. I think I only paid for it on the 21st of March. So oh, it was okay. actually a very short notice. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, should I go? Because I don't have the kind of knowledge that will allow me to yeah. perform it as well as other people do, yeah. right? And also the language barrier. So one of the ways that like I was guided to that decision was, was through my mom also. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, if my mom says yes, um, then it's actually as that's a goal for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I learned from my previous lesson. I'm not gonna text it in the rest of the So I got my family together okay. on, a, on a nice dinner. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm gonna go to Saudi Arabia. It's gonna be for two weeks. I'm gonna do religious stuff. Which to a Chinese family, it will seem like you're going, you know, like you're Whoa. going to radicalize, you know. Right. Like, and you're like, no, you can't go. You know, I was like, okay, um, you guys got it confused, like. We have McDonald's and we have Starbucks and everything. Right, and, and I'm not gonna be radicalized. But my mom, being my mom, and always supportive as usual. Yeah. She also knew what Umrah was as a Malaysian, right. so she was mm. like, she had my back and yes. she allowed me to go. So that was when okay, I knew that okay, mm-hmm. probably that was my sign that I was it was my time to go there. Mm-hmm. So I went there to Umrah and like it was the best two weeks of my life. It was truly the best. I didn't wow. know much, but I really felt like. Firstly, the community was there again. I, I went there knowing no one and yep. alone. I was so scared that um, people, uh, I would just be doing whatever I was doing alone. I wouldn't understand anything. And after that was also my first Ramadan alone as a Muslim. Yeah. So I was, I was also scared that um, I would spend Ramadan and Hari Raya without people to visit. You know? mm. But through Ramadan, I met so many people on the trip as well. And they all invited me to their, you know, Hari mm. Raya visiting after that. So it was, it was such a nice journey and I all no, totally recommend people to go for Umrah as soon as they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah inshallah, I have not been. Uh, have you? I have been when I was really young, like primary three. Uh, 
some memories of it. Oh. Yeah, very, very little memories of it. I remember chasing a lot of pigeons. Oh my god. Right. Is that where your fear from birds? I had no fear. <laughs> fear of birds. I don't know where from. this fear of pigeons came <laughs> we should from. We should go over time. <laughs> and just test it out. <laughs> but I think it's, it's really amazing because I feel like a lot of um, Muslims are have not taken that step to go for Umrah or Haji because they're not ready. Mm-hmm. I hear that, I mean, at least for me, like, I've heard that and I've, I've used that excuse myself as well. It's like, oh, I'm not ready. But I think after listening to you, it's just, you know, you probably will never be ready. Um, yeah. You just have to kind of like... Take, take the plunge. Yeah, take the plunge. Make the first step and put in the effort because mm. inshallah, you know, everything's going to work out for you yeah. like how it did for you. Yeah. Um. So, when was that? It was 2019? 2019. 2019. Mm. Right. Oh. Right. So, one and a half years, I took my shahada then. Mm. Um, that period of 21st March to 16th April, I learned about the Quran from Araka. And then, like I used to say, I didn't know I was really, like even on the airplane, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to feel something. We just needed some message. Then, after that, like, um, just as how, you know, just as how I didn't feel anything, you know, the feeling just came like yeah. extremely quickly. Like, yeah. I was treated by my friend texting me that okay, you should, um, you know, say some emotional goodbyes to your family in case like you you happen to pass away in Umrah, which a lot of people do actually. Mm-hmm. Like when we were at Umrah, every after every prayer there will be a janazah mm-hmm. because we, like people a lot of people pass away there. I think mm-hmm. right, and, and it's also good as yeah. to yeah. die there so that yeah. you'll be one of the first who gets gets resurrected with the prophet, you know, yeah. in the day of judgment. So, uh, that's that. So I was when I was thinking of my emotional goodbyes, I started to tear and cry. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was like, yeah, I was like, really let go of my life before and I just want to go for Umrah. Yeah. Right. You just triggered her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, her oh tissue box is here. Her <laughs> tissue box is here. <laughs> but you know, I really love the fact that, you know, from your whole entire journey towards Islam, how God has helped you along the way. Yeah. You've met so many new people. You have met a community. You created this, um, you know, all the things that other people have done for you. Um, you are actually right now passing it forward and, you know, creating your Convert Central. And that's really amazing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm lost for words to be honest and I think one of the things that um, we were in discussions uh, with one of my colleagues is that you know um, when we're talking about Darul Akam the first thing that you think about is you know that's a place for reverts but I think it's something that Muslims or born Muslims could also you know go there and not fear judgment because I don't think a lot of people are judgy especially as um, in you know the mosque as well as the Darul Akam so perhaps you could share like you know some tips for Muslims or non-Muslims on um, taking the first step to go and, you know, seek knowledge. If you're in Singapore, you'll know that food is our number one priority. Food and Singaporeans are practically inseparable. It's literally the best ingredient for any occasion, any stress you got going on. You know, food solves everything. Because, for example, if it's your birthday, let's go eat. You got a promotion... You deserve a treat, sayang. You feel like pulling your hair out? Come on, I'll bring you for supper. Yeah, you get what I mean? It's literally perfect for everything. And of course, we want to tell you everything about it. Like places you didn't know were halal. Or 12 new halal places you need to try this week, for example. We are determined to make your tummy bigger. And bigger, and bigger, and bigger than last year or any time. 
So follow us on the blog to get all the insights at www.halaltrip.com. And of course, we are also on every social media platform at Halal Trip. Actually, you're right because like when I was attending class in Narkam, I think 60% of the students there were born Muslim. And oh really? A smaller proportion will be converts. Okay. Because a lot of Muslims also see Arkham as the first step to their learning, and if they are not good in Malay, then Arkham has English classes mm-hmm. for them. So many like of the younger generation Muslims will, will, will go there for their English classes, and they are free. So like everyone likes free stuff. I mean, my if I were to give an advice for for them to you know take their first step, I would actually go with with more of a unorthodox way of learning like Arkham has their own pathway of, mm-hmm. of like recommending where you should go mm-hmm. and it always starts with their physical uh, you know campus call it the building um, I would say that I think it's much easier to go online and start listening to like those Islamic podcasts mm-hmm. or, or videos um, it doesn't have to be common central I, I actually started myself listening to Kumali Khan but not in Australia oh, I didn't have anything but yeah. Kumali Khan you know? yes, so every yes. day I would listen to Kumali Khan how he would you know, talk about Islam and that was when I was inspired to come back to Singapore to learn about Islam so I started my journey there and I think many of us can also start there because I think like the overseas speakers they have more freedom to talk about Islam yep. and mm. that would allow them to speak more from their hearts yeah. I felt that as, as a new Muslim coming in and then subsequently if you want to know more I think right now it's good that you know Arkham has a lot of virtual classes as, as well as the malls you know, and, and most of them they have English versions of it so you can start there and eventually I guess when Circuit Breaker stops and the, the, the buildings reopening all the malls and they're opening mm. as well then you can start finding a community but right now in terms of like community building it's quite limited in the sense of what we're trying to do even in podcasts we can only you know share uh, what we have planned to share you know it, it's hard to go into personal conversations yeah. I guess we can heat up like forums once in a while yeah. mm. but um, do stick to a community that you can find so that you can continue building bonds that are them yeah. you know? uh, try not to hop from places to places because mm. you will feel like there's no follow up mm, 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 mm. that's actually really good advice <laughs> Yeah. It kind of reminded me of Ida Aslin's um, phrase that she mentioned in one of her videos. Something like, each one of us is like a string in the tapestry of mm. Allah or something like that. Yeah, that really spoke to me. Oh. <laughs> Very Atta's words. <laughs> it's not my words. But yeah. Very true. I think uh, there are only a couple of mosques in Singapore that I feel actually connected to. Mm. Even though they are just filled with mud cheeks and butt cheeks. But I feel most connected to like just that one specific mosque. And I really don't want to go anywhere else, you know. That's true. That's Are you your... going to tell us the mosque? Oh, sure. The, the mosque is just down the road. It's uh, Masjid Kassim. <laughs> Masjid Kassim. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. It's normally like the mosque that you grow up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every, every year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, nice. Alright, before we wrap it up, and you know, thank you so much, and, and we were just going to find out uh, your future plans for Convert Central, and you know, mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, before like we go into like, future plans I, sure. like, I would just like to give a shout out to the Common Central team mm-hmm. so right now we are a team of 40 mm-hmm. last year we were a team of 12 mm-hmm. so we did a whole like restructuring of the teams okay. because some of them had to go to uni and, and mm. we want to take up the commitment anymore but like, I think it's two, like, season 1 to season 3 it's really the team that is making all the cranks mm-hmm. and all the you know small things work mm-hmm. um, without the team uh, Common Central wouldn't have been where they are mm-hmm. uh, where, where we are right now so uh, really I think if like Commerce Central was 100%, 
like the guest speakers and, yeah. and, and whatever I do as a host, we are like 30, 40 and the rest is really the team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a mix of converts and non Muslims mm-hmm. and second generation converts. Where we, yeah, that's what we term uh, uh, Muslims who, whose parents are converts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And, like, it's a good mixture and they are really, really extremely mm-hmm. committed. So uh, they've really brought us to where we are today. And yep. we, we wouldn't be able to, you know, make many of the things that we wanted to do, you know, possible without them. So I think uh, even liaising with you guys on this podcast, mm-hmm. it was also most of my marketing team that was doing the outreach. Mm-hmm. So only when I think today, when I had to come and I just texted you guys that I'm on, I'm on the way. Mm-hmm. If not, they will let me know their DMs coming in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so thank you to the Cover Central team. Oh, 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 the this year we are doing season three. Yeah. Um, we, are, we are gonna release twice a week as well. We are going to have different teams per month. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are starting off our season three with our Ramadan series. We are gonna do yep. like our favorite to us as converts. Mm-hmm. So right now we've interviewed about two to three converts, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's gonna be bite sized ten minutes uh, episode. So uh, so that we can help converts learn more to us as well, the easier mm-hmm. ones. So after um, Ramadan, we are gonna do some Ramadan reflections, mm-hmm. and we are going to our first. Uh, series and that's actually actually I don't think anyone has done that before in Singapore. So we're gonna answer like uh, questions about Islam in a circular fashion because uh we realize that like when we come to Islam right um what converts face as a struggle is that like most of the questions we ask right we are answered with like verses mm. Quran. Yep. But at the point of time we might not believe that the Quran is a you know a, a, a basis of uh, reference as as a religious like uh, substantiation here. Mm-hmm. So we, we are trying to answer these questions, the same questions in a way that, you know, hopefully it is more logical and yep. um, more circular. Mm-hmm. So we can connect to more uh, non-Muslims out there. Yep. So that's that. You know, down the line in, in uh, July, we also have a series that will focus on different races. So we're hoping to get different mm-hmm. uh, hosts that can host in different languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a Chinese podcast, mm-hmm. you know, a Tamil podcast, a Tagalog podcast as well. So inshallah, we hope that uh, the different series that we bring in season three yep. uh, can you know bring more life to the common center and hope that we can expand the the kind of content that we offer to more demographics. Um, we are also planning to do events uh, mm-hmm. at in Daruakam because now they have allowed us to use their grounds. Mm-hmm. So uh, more forums and I think we are going in the direction that we are going to be more personal and more conversations mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. a one way event. So hopefully we can make that happen maybe in Ramadan or after that Shawal. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, look out for the events. Follow us on our social media channels. You know, to get these updates on podcasts and events. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. Oh, it's a lot of plans. You just told us like one year plan. <laughs> <laughs> after after security break, you guys are like on yeah. do everything. We're ready. ready. Right, right. Because um, I think the the kind of feedback that we've had last yeah. year was was immense because. I think there were at least three to four who came to us to tell us that okay, because of the content that we shared, they are more assured that they want to become Muslim. Mm. So we really see the kind of impact, right? Regardless of the numbers we have on Instagram mm. and the number of listeners, like if you're not benefiting anyone, then there's no not much point yep. to our podcast. So we really rely on these like personal stories of people telling us how we benefit them yep. to use it as motivation to move forward. Yeah, very cool. It yeah, is, we're very excited very to. Excited. Yeah, you're just nearby anyway. Super yeah, yeah, we're like right next to each other. Right, right. Yeah, and now that we are nearing Ramadan, what are you looking forward to the most? Oh, I, I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm looking really, really forward to Tadarus. Like after we pray Isha, then like uh, Daru come as a group of converts reading Quran together. Yeah, I, I I feel like that's my only uh way this Ramadan to get a connection to the community. Mm. Start to get physical events in Arkham. So. Yep. 
I think a big part of Ramadan to feel like you're doing something as a Muslim, I think the easiest way is to be in a group of people. Yeah. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. You know, being in school as a, yeah. as a year two mm-hmm. uni student has really kind of brought me away from the community mm-hmm. a bit. Right. So I'm hoping through Ramadan we can bring me back to the community, mm-hmm. get to see the people that I've always seen in Arkham again, to catch up with them. Never met, I think I haven't met most of them for like at least half a year now because mm-hmm. of Circuit Breaker. Thank you so much, Steve, for coming here and for sharing with us. Yes, very enlightening as well. Yeah, sharing with us, you know, from the start until now. uh, I think uh, it's really inspiring. Uh, It's definitely kind of opened up my eyes and my mind a little bit. Uh, And I hope it has also done for you guys. Yes, I really appreciate the fact that you're very transparent about your failures. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to your story as well. Yeah, Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a very emotional episode. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I sucked it all back in. Okay, okay, <laughs> not bad. You managed to yes. have it under yeah, control. Yeah, not bad. It's <laughs> right. Not bad, not bad. It's only one sheet. Some of my members also cry when we, we do our podcast recordings so and we listen to our stories. Yeah. And they also suck back their tears because they don't want to read their makeup. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. So, but I can imagine man. The priorities, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I can read it. Okay. 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 Thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for the next episode, guys. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Alright, guys. Thanks for listening. So we'll see you on the next episode. Don't forget to give us a shout out on anchor.fm slash the Halal Travel Podcast. Your voice message could be featured in our next episode. Yep. And if you have any advertising and collaboration opportunities, contact us at info at halaltrip.com. That's I-N-F-O at H-A-L-A-L-T-R-I-P dot com. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Halal Trip. We're also now on Telegram and TikTok. Until next time, get inspired, go and inspire others. Mm-hmm.